Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of A Black Woman's Chronicles. So today we are going to look at and discuss um, the issue of affirming Blackness for Black kids. And this is super important because I once was a Black little girl, and I'm sure you too was a Black kid, right? And it's super important that we really dive deep and and think about what we want for black kids, what we want for their lives, for their futures. And I think that starts with us. That starts with what happens in the home. It starts with our communities, right? It starts with us having a vision with students, with children, having a voice and what they want and what they want to see because they're because they are experiencing the world the same way we are experiencing the world. And there's a lot that's happening. There's a lot that they're seeing on social media, on TV, um, through friends, etc. And so there was a recently published and timely article called When I Think of Home, Black Families Supporting Their Children During the COVID-19 Pandemic by Brian Wright and colleagues. And so in this article... They challenge educators and those invested in public education to consider the ways that anti-blackness in schools, right, that being curriculum policies, the dynamics between teachers and students, strips black students of their dignity and how the pandemic has allowed many black students through remote and virtual schooling to experience affirmation, love, and care at home away from the often traumatizing experiences of schools and the general society that we live in. And so in this article, they speak more to what a lot of black families um, have done right during the beginning of the pandemic when schools were shutting down or schools were going online. And they spoke specifically to how for many black families, this became a time in which they affirmed their their child's blackness. They took time out to um, look at black literature, black music, black art, right? They really um, centered blackness in the home as being a place of um, warmth and peace and tranquility when oftentimes in the general society for all of us, right, adults and children, um, we're having to fight um, and try to just be seen as human beings um, among everyone else. And so as we are trying to navigate what is happening in, in, in our world and our society, um, and more recently, you know, thinking about American society um, with recent mass shootings that has occurred, that being um, the anti-Black um, mass shooting that happened in Buffalo, the shooting, mass shooting that happened in um, Texas. There was a recent shooting at a hospital in Ohio. There was another shooting that happened um, last night um, at a church in in Iowa. Right, so there's so much happening. And then on top of that, we have the war in Ukraine. We still have anti-black racism happening, um, inflation. So there's just so much happening. 
And our babies are in the midst of it, right? They're in the midst of seeing all of this, right? And this is coming right after, right? George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, the pandemic. There's just so much happening and, and our babies are witnessing this. They're going to school and and what the literature is telling us in PK-12, even in higher education, is that black students are not getting the education that they need. They're not getting what they need to succeed socially, emotionally, right? Academically, right? And so we have to think about what's, what's next. What is next for our babies and how can we construct, right, something for, something better for them, right? Something better. Something better must look and feel and be liberating. Because at this point in time, our black kids are being overrepresented and disciplined. They're being overrepresented um, in special education. They're underrepresented in AP and honor courses. Right? They're not performing. They're not performing at the same rate as their other peers. Right? So there's something happening, not at the fault. Right? Not at the fault of black families and black kids. No. This is a structural problem. A problem that cannot be mitigated by us changing who we are. Right? And I say us because I'm a black woman. That used to be a black kid. So when I say us, I mean the black community. Right? And there was a dissertation that I had read recently by Kiana Ross. Kiana Ross, I believe she is, um, I want to say she's from out of Stanford, but let me, let me make sure. Hang on for one second. Kiana Ross is, um, at Northwestern University. And she wrote a dissertation about um, black educational spaces, right, um, for just black students. And these spaces, right, are intentionally constructed in a way that values the dignity of black students, right? It is a holistic approach to giving students what black kids what they need, right? And often what they need, they're not getting in American public schools. And what we know is that American public schools were never created for black kids. Not only that, but black folks in general was never, they were not, we were never meant to learn how to read and write, right? It was illegal for us to read and write. It was illegal for us to um, even have a book, right? It was illegal for someone to teach us how to read, right? And, I, and I'm going back to slavery, 
right? So we were never meant to be educated. And so we have to we have to keep that in mind as we're thinking about what American education looks like and should be for black kids when it was never meant for us. And so since we understand what's happening in these schools, since we understand that black kids are not getting what they need, right? For their own well-being. We have to construct a we have to we have to construct an alternative. And this is no different than what slaves did, right? Enslaved Africans did during during their time of enslavement. They had pit schools. They um, were able to learn from one another, right? Orally, right? Even they began to understand the fact that, hey, no one's going to give us what we need. We have to get it for ourselves, right? So if so if I if I learn something, right, while I'm inside of the master's house, I'm an ear hustle so that I can take it back to my community and I can teach them something. That's how we gonna figure this thing out. So that when 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 passes are being written for us, we know what's being wrote on them, or we can write our own passes for freedom. Or we can read the newspapers that is that is that is you know given to the ma- the master. We can read them and see what's going on in the news. We can figure out how to get from the south to the Midwest to the north and to the west. Right? We can figure th- figure this thing out for ourselves. This is the power of black genius. This is the power of it. And I say all of those things to say that our ability to construct better futures or even the present moment is a historical thing for us. It's a legacy that we have to continue leaning on for guidance. Right. We have so many greats in our heritage to lean on for that type of guidance. Another book that I have to uh, recommend is called Carter G. Wilson and the Art of Black Teaching. Or it's called Fugitive Pedagogy by Garvis by Jarvis Givens. Right, one more time. Carter G. Wilson in the Art of Black Teaching by Jarvis Givens. And I believe Jarvis is, Dr. Jarvis is out of Stanford, I believe. No, it might be Harvard. It might be Harvard. Wonderful book. A wonderful book that looks at the ways the creative ways, the fugitive ways that black educators refuse what was given to them, refuse um, societal expectations of them, refuse to take what dominant society wanted of them. And they created 
their own organizations, associations, clubs, schools, textbooks, all in pursuit of black freedom. Because they knew that if they depended on white dominant society to give them professional development, textbooks, um, training, and what, and what have you, they would not be able to sustain their communities. Because they understood that the imperative nature of using, using one's humanity, using one's intelligence, using one's creativity to advance the race, right? That Jim Crow was an era of absolute violence. And I think violence is a good term for it. Absolute violence. Right. There's no there's no other way to call it. There, it was absolute violence on black folks. Absolute violence. Right? To say, hey, we're going to create something for ourselves. We're going to become educated. We're going to come together as a community. We're going to be connecting across right states. We're going to be constructing our own organization. We're going to be constructing our own textbooks and schools because we understand that we don't have anyone else. We are we are all who we are all we got, basically. That's very powerful. Right? Because they knew that black freedom, black liberation is not going to come from waiting. It's not going to come from sitting down and and, and allowing someone to give it to them. But they had to go out there and, 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 and fight for it. Take it. Right? And that's revolutionary. Right? For a people that was once seen as property. Right? Once seen and stereotyped as not having the capacity to think. To become educated. Right? Once sold on auction blocks. Insured by insurance companies. Sold and bought and traded and given as gifts. This, this is something to think about. We are powerful people. We can change what we want to change. We can do, we can liberate ourselves and our black children. So when you... Sit down with your friends, your children, your neighbor. Come together and think about what does it mean to have a space that's liberating for our children, right? Because a lot of times what happens in these schools are unimaginable things. And I know... Personally, because I've been there. These schools are not... Not for not for black kids, at least. These schools, a lot of times, are very oppressive places. That 
further marginalizes black kids. Treats black kids just like general society treats black people in general, right? As if they're uneducatable. They're unable to have self-control. They're lazy, they're criminal, right? These things are not new ideologies, right? This is nothing new. This has been going on since slavery, right? This whole idea of, well, black people can't be educated, Black people um, do not have self-control. Black people are promiscuous and all these. The, these, the things that you often hear right in the media um, are not new things. These things have been tropes since slavery. Nothing. This is nothing new, right? And so when you are sitting down with your family, your community, your friends, Talk about what do you want for your child? What do you want for your black child? What schooling environment do you want for them? What do you imagine for them to have? What does it look like? What does it smell like? What does it taste like? What does it include? What does it exclude? And and have your child a part of the conversation. Have them a part of the conversation. Ask them what they want. Ask them what they need. Listen to them. And they'll tell you. Especially if they're going to school. There are things that they're experiencing. I'm not going to say all black kids. But a lot of black kids are, are experiencing a lot of bad and damaging things. Right? Even reflect on your time in school. Right? Maybe it was different if you went to a segregated school, right, with other black kids. But ask your kid about their experiences and even reflect on yours. What would a liberating, a liberatory schooling experience look like for a black child? And how can you make that happen? Then we have to figure out, okay, well... How can we replicate that so that other black kids and families can have educational spaces that are liberating, that allows them to flourish and to be whole and to feel great about themselves and to see themselves um, as being great? Because this is what it's about, that we are really attending to all of us, a holistic approach, mind, body, and soul. Right? It's not just academics, but socially, emotionally, right? All this all matters. All right. So that's your homework, right? To talk to your 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 students, your kids about what a good environment would look like for them. What would it include, exclude, right? Taste, smell like, and how can we repl- replicate that right across um society? All right, until next time. Please stay healthy and stay blessed.